You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Lindy must not reach the well of ascension, for he must not be allowed to release the thing that is imprisoned there. I had to do the epigraphs because I'm my I got my hair just standing God. up. Okay, just reading it. Obviously, if you're listening to this episode, you finished this, and so we can. I'm just going to talk a little bit about it in the beginning. Oh my God, the epigraphs! <laughs> the epigraphs. We were. I kept wondering why in this case. What we were listening to was the actual rubbing and everything that Sazed was going through was altered. It was all messed with. So this was this is one of the biggest revelations of like even in the Cosmere was like that this was a possibility. Yeah. Um yeah. and it's just huge. I mean, so it makes all this sense now that um First, that text could be manipulated. You know, that was a thing. I mean, I, it's hard to not get into yeah, it. Let's before. not get into it just yet because we're so, going to go through the summary. But let, yeah. Yeah. Let's get to the summary first. Yeah. And then we'll go through all of the wild things that happened at the end of this book. So 58. Okay. So 58 here is that it's Ellen and Vin and they have are moving down to find the Well of Ascension. And we jump back to Sazed's point of view, which again, wow, here we go. Sazed's thrown into the wall. By Marsh, he's still pushed into the wall, and he feels his ribs crack and everything. Because we have to remember, Sazed is out of metals on his bands and everything. He has nothing left at this point, and Marsh keeps apologizing to him, saying like he doesn't know why he needs to die, but he's sorry that it has to happen. And he pulls Sazed's bags, a bag of metals out of his uh, that Sazed's been carrying out of his hand, and then shoves them all in him. And Sazed feels as all the different individual pieces of metal pierce him and he falls down to his knees basically ready to die again <laughs> again <laughs> again at this point in about 24 hours <laughs> yeah and says it says he could no longer feel anything and then a voice appears in his head and the voice tells him says it those aren't coins what did you bring with you you brought your rings that you prepared and it's in that moment he goes i did and he taps gold, and gold is health, and it heals his wounds. It closes his flesh around the rings. And in that moment, he stands back up, and Marsh sees him and goes, you know, it's that anime moment, right? He's like, what? Well, you're too weak. You cannot defeat me. And uh, what is it? Tell you cannot fight me, for you are no longer a warrior. And says it's, or you're not a warrior. And says it smiles and goes, well, neither are you, Marsh. <laughs> like, neither Neither, are you. I think, are you. <laughs> yeah. And we jump to Ellen's point of view. Great cut. Great cut there, by the way. Um, Ellen's kind of afraid of the Well of Ascension, because they now see it. It's this glowing white pool. Just this glowing white pool of something. <laughs> Whatever it is. And Vin is afraid because he doesn't want she doesn't want to become like the Lord Ruler. And Ellen's like, listen, you're not gonna become like the Lord Ruler. Trust me, that's just not gonna happen. But they see that there's this like shelf of pottery holding things, and like there's like one piece of one pottery piece of pottery is like broken on the shelf, and the rest are just kind of like scattered about the shelf. And Ellen's like, What the heck is this? and grabs one of them. And and he's like, What is inside of here? And they look at it and it's like this like 
unique. It's a piece it's of a be- it's a bead of metal. It's a bead of metal. Like, but I haven't seen this bead. It looks a little like ATM, but it's but, the wrong color. Yeah, but it's the wrong color. And then we pop back to say its point of view, and Marsh starts. Oh, mm, okay, so this is what I was talking about. You thought that the fight at the gate was good. Let's see Sazed now start using his brain. Big brain Sazed with, with Pharaoh Kimmy. This is the coolest thing. So Marsh tries to push Sazed away. And, and, and so Sazed increases his weight. And Marsh goes flying in the opposite direction. We know alchemy. Or alchemy. Mm-hmm. We know alamancy. You know, equal and opposite reaction in this case. So Marsh goes flying away as he tries to push on Sazed. And Sazed throws, like gets his strength up and throws a lamp at him. This is the coolest thing I've ever. So freaking cool. He throws the lamp at Marsh, and while he's burning uh, mental acuity, right, he sees that as it's flying towards Marsh, that Marsh is going to pull it out of the air and throw it back at him. And so we get to see how fast a compounding ferrochemist is as Sazed burns a majority of the speed he had stored. And after he threw the lamp, he was able to run and catch up to the lamp flash style grabbed the lamp out of midair right as right as Marsh went to pull on it and he increased his weight again and so Marsh pulled himself into Sazed and Sazed used his strength and literally like baseball batted Marsh in the face with the lamp one of the coolest things I've seen okay oh it's just so good but he ends up fighting with Marsh and Marsh tries to push on him again so he increases his weight and he's just they're just in a standoff until Marsh lets go and Sazed uses the last bit of his speed and his strength to rush in and try to grab the spike out of Marsh's back. But he runs out because he he had just filled the rings and there's like barely anything in them. And right before Marsh is going to kill him, you hear it's the the you hear the whack and the breaking of a dueling cane. And then uh Marsh is knocked out. Yeah, Marsh is knocked out, and we are Back, Back to Vin's point of view. Mm-hmm. So the Miss Spirit is there now looking at Vin and Ellen. And Ellen goes to approach and Vin's like, what are you doing? You idiot. I told you that it's bad. And Vin, Ellen's like, no, it was talking. It was like trying to tell me something before. And it didn't try to hurt me. I don't know what you're talking about. And then it pulls out a knife and guts him. Like essentially eviscerates him, right? Like uh, slashes him across the gut. And yeah, the wound is bad. And Vin's looking at it going like, this is going to kill, kill him. This yeah. is going to kill him. And say we go back to says its point of view. And it was just that ham had saved him. Back to Vin's point of view. Ellen, Vin tells Ellen that she loves him. And she realizes that if she goes into the well of ascension and takes the power for herself. She can save him. She can save him. And so Vin walks into the pool and is just absorbed by it essentially. So Sazed goes back to Sazed's point of view again. I love the cuts in between this because now we're getting Sazed and he's running down as fast as he can trying to get to Vin, but he knows he's too late as there's a tremor in the building. We're back to Vin's point of view. The power flooded in her. She described it as it was forcing her its way into every single pore, into her mouth, into her eyes, anywhere that it could get in. She could feel it. It's just burning everywhere. It's just burning everywhere. Yeah. And in fact, it burns her ear so bad. And she goes, oh, and she grabs her ring and she, or her earring and she rips it out and throws it. And she starts throwing all the metal off of her body as this, like there's a searing pain. And then the pain calms after she did all that. And it feels like it's now it feels like her entire body is burning as if she was burning a metal. 
and her mind just goes galaxy brain and it just expands she realizes the power that she has and everything she can do she literally says i could remake the world yep i could feed millions with the flick of my wrist she could you know punish all that she needed to but she realizes she only has it for a short time yeah she she says that i would have to burn it up and use it all almost instantaneously but she also knows that she can save ellen and she hears says its voice in the neck of her head that love is is understanding and trusting that the other person knows what they want and knows what knows that you know what they want and she also has a voice yep and says you know what you must do i must defeat the deepness it will get worse and you will ruin the the world the way that Rashik did mm-hmm. and Vin realizes that this is what ellen would have wanted her to do what was right that you know when it was all said and done that she has to trust him to make the decisions true yeah and so she gives up the power and then she hears a voice i am free <laughs> hair stood up on the back of my neck i know so we go into chapter 59 <laughs> very short chapter as vin has realized she's potentially doomed the world she's made a horrible mistake because she even mentions, I think she mentions a little bit more in the epi- in the epilogue, but I'm going to say it now. She mentions she saw, for a split second, the power of what she released. So she's holding Ellen, and she's in f- full-on like despair at this point, which I would be too. You literally just sacrificed the person you love for the betterment of the world, and it wasn't even the right decision. The other utter crushing feeling of that. She betrayed the entire world trying to do what she thought was right. But the mist spirit, spirit is there standing above them. And she's like saying, you got what you want. You need to just, just leave. And the mist spirit is like looking down and starts to point at the, the piece of pottery that Ellen dropped. And Vin's like, why are you pointing? Oh, you stabbed Ellen so I wouldn't give up the power. She realizes the spirit was trying to make her do what was right. And after it realized everything was done, it's pointing at this bead on the ground. And she, it's the metal. It's a piece of metal they saw. And so Vin goes to take it. And the misspirits are shaking and points at Ellen. And so she gives it to Ellen and washes it down with one of her vials. And then she feels the rhythmic, the, the, the rhythmic thump of Ellen burning pewter. And that's where we're left at the end of chapter 59. And we go into epigraph. Epilogue. The, the epilogues. So, at this point, we get Sazed's point of view. The mist are continuing to make people feel sick and is, is killing others. It's getting worse. And Vin told him about what she released, and Sazed was just like, deuces, I'm out, and just left. Because he is on a mission. He needs to know, confirm what he knew. And he returns to Saren, where the original rubbing was taken. And they mentioned that Marsh is still alive after getting having gotten knocked out. They didn't kill Marsh, but Marsh was able to get away before they all came back out out of what happened. And he goes to check the steel plaque, and the steel plaque and the rubbing does not match. And he looked to the last sentence, the one that the mist spirit had ripped away time and time again. Elindy must not reach the well of ascension. And we knew it as, for he, for he must not take the power for himself. But instead... For he must not be allowed to release the thing that is imprisoned there. He realizes it was all a lie. The terrorist prophecies were all a fabrication at this point. Starting from the beginning, 
for anything not set in metal cannot be trusted. I mean, I got the whole thing here for you because <laughs> we get to see where I'm going to read out the parts of the epigraph that were that that were just removed completely because he looks through and reads it from the from the beginning. I write these words in steel for anything not set in metal cannot be trusted. The words of the prophecies are changing. The alter, uh, the alterations are slight, clever even. A word here, a slight twist there, but the words on the pages are definitely different than the ones in my memory. The other world bringers scoff at me, for they have their metal minds to show that the words have not changed, and so this is, this is the great declaration that I must make. There is something, some force that wants us to believe that the hero of ages has come, and that he must travel to the well of ascension. Something is making the prophecies change so that they refer to Alindi more perfectly, and whatever this power is, it can change words in a ferrochemist's metal mine. The others call me mad. As I have said, that may be true, but must not even a madman rely on his own mind, his own experience, rather than that of others? I know what, I've, what I have memorized. I, now, I know now what is repeated by the other worldbringers. The two are not the same. I sense a craftiness behind these changes, a manipulation subtle and brilliant. I spent the last two years in exile trying to decipher what the alterations could mean. I have come to only one conclusion. Something has taken control of our religion. Something nefarious. Something that cannot be trusted. It, it misleads and it shadows. It uses Alindi to destroy, leading him along a path of death and sorrow. It is pulling him towards the Well of Ascension, where the millennial power has gathered. I could only guess that I sent the deepness it said that it sent the deepness as a way of making mankind more desperate, of pushing us to do as it wills. The prophecies have changed. They now tell Alindi that he must give up the power once he takes it. This is not what this is not what was once implied by the text. They were more vague, yet the new version seems to make it a moral imperative. The text now outlines a terrible consequence if the hero of ages takes the power for himself. Alindi believes as they do. He is a good man. Despite it all, he is a good man, sacrificing truth, sac sacrificing man and truth. All of his actions, all of the deaths, destructions, and pains that ha he has caused have hurt him deeply. All these things were, in truth, a kind of sacrifice for him. He is accustomed for giving up his own will for the common good as he sees it. I have no doubt that if Elindi reaches the well of ascension, he will take the power and then, in the name of the presumed greater good, give it up. Give it away to this same force that is changing the text. Give it up to this force of destruction that has brought him to war, that has tempted him to kill, that has craftily led him north. The thing wants the power that is held in the well, and it has raped our religion's holiest tenets to get it. And so, I have made one final gamble. My pleas, my teachings, my objections, and even my treasons were all ineffectual. Alindi has other counselors now, one who will tell him what he wants to hear. It discusses Rashik, it discusses the guide, it discusses the final gamble. Alindi must not reach the Well of Ascension, for he must not be allowed to release the thing that is imprisoned there. Sazed, having read this, now knew that he would never believe in religion again. Our last bit here is Vin's point of view, with Vin and Ellen talking now. He is an Alamancer. Ellen is now Mistborn from whatever he consumed. And Vin kind of talks now, hey, this I guess we now know where Alamancers came from from the very beginning. Vin has set this terrible creature free. And we can now see that Rashik, the Lord Ruler, 
and Waquan knew what was going on and that he had taken the power to protect the world. You do not know what I do for mankind. But that, but Ellen points out, listen, that doesn't make him a good man because he didn't have to do everything else. What are we going to do? We're going to do what Kelser taught us to. We're going to survive. That's the end of the Well of Ascension. Oh, man. This is one of those things. It's like in the last, like, Three and a half chapters, Brandon just delivers so hard. Mm-hmm. So I got to say, funny thing is apparently Well of Ascension is in the discussion of one of the worst books in the Cosmere. Nah. And here's the thing. No, but here's the thing. So with that, if you thought that was the worst, <laughs> that's how good the Cosmere is. I mean, so let's be. So let's look at this first. Holy crap. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the epigraphs we we said from the beginning were going to be important, and we already knew that from from Final Empire. But to realize yeah. how important they were, that it in fact not only did this rewrite what happened in the rest of this book, but I rewrote what happened in Final Empire. The most crazy thing about these dang epigraphs, okay, were when we were talked about it. Right, we had to play it cool with them. We had to play it cool with them. Because really, they were pretty boring. And when I first read the epigraphs, I thought the same thing. Oh, we're just getting a little bit more backstory. The epigraphs are not going to hit as hard as they did in the first book. There's no way possible. Until you realize, and we recommend doing this, but remember, please, if you're listening to it, go back and listen to each epigraph. If you are reading it, go back and read each epigraph. Do not look them up because you will get spoiled. It will take (laughs) you to a spoiler website. You will get spoiled on things. Do not do it. But I highly recommend you go back and look through what the epigraphs actually said, and you can find it at different points in the book. We pointed out a couple here. Literally, in the book, you would hear the epigraph, and then it is changed different in the book that they're reading. Yes. The, or the, the book in, while you're reading. In the text. So, like, for example, this is one thing I noticed because, again, I was, like, in the process of doing my my Lord Ruler fanfic thing, and one of them was about the announcer, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... I picked up when we saw heard full holy first witness. I went, no, it was announcer. You know, mm-hmm. like I remember that. And then, so we said, and I had like mentioned it like earlier in the chapters in the previous like two episodes ago. Like, oh yeah, holy first witness. That's the first time I'm hearing it because mm-hmm. it was. And this was, I remember when we were debating. You know, we're, before we picked up on well of ascension was how did Quan figure it out? And I remember mm-hmm. you had a theory which I actually kind of like. Was that he was writing something and he was like writing the prophecies back down and it like scrubbed onto some foil or something. And he noticed that this foil and the paper didn't match, which I thought was would be clever. But it was actually he it says he has a picture perfect memory. Mm-hmm. And it was simple as that, that he remembered something being different. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I have a picture perfect memory and says it even says earlier in this book. That he can't just look at the wall and and put it into his copper mind. He has to like read it out. Mm-hmm. And remember earlier we said, why would someone be so stupid as to rip this out, knowing that we're we're we have copper minds? And he would reach back in his copper mind. Whatever this mist spirit is, was trying to help them. Was saying he must not reach the well of ascension. He must not reach the well of ascension. He must not reach the well of ascension. That's all they kept tearing out. Mm. And, you know, it, the, it was corrupted to say because he'll take the power for himself, but it was supposed to say because he can't release what was imprisoned there. Mm. 
And this whole time, there are like things dribbled into this, you know, into this story that if you think back on, like it was never really paid off. Zane gives a voice saying, you were never actually insane. And it was never brought up again. And we get this voice that's saying, you know what you must do. You know what you're supposed to do. You know, telling Vin, you know, what Mm -hmm. to do. Um, We get Marsh saying, I don't know why, but you have to die. It's like these things are brought up and they're never mentioned again. Because it's all setting things up for something else is going on here. And this is so, so fascinating to have the have the rug pulled out on us to go oh yeah something's been manipulating this prophecies this whole time and for it to be even scarier that during vin's galaxy brain portion where she she is a like i think it says in the beautiful writing again it says in the writing vin never knew a god could cry she referred to herself as a god in that moment because of how she felt and she even said like ellen says it I saw for a split second what I released and it's more terrible than anything I could have ever imagined. So what's funny is that we start off with final empire as, okay, there's this God King mm-hmm. and he's been ruling for a thousand years and he's basically unbeatable. And it's like, Oh yeah, we beat him. We beat the, 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 the God King. And he's like, yeah, actually there's something worse on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And then we just never revisit that until the end of this book. Where it's like, that worst thing, it's out. Yeah. Whatever it was. You you do not know what I do for mankind. What I do for mankind. And the funny thing is, is that I guess the reason people hate, I won't say they hate on Well of Ascension, but the reason they talk about it is because it's almost like most of the book is a feint. It's like, here's the politics, here's the cities besieged and... You know, oh, uh, does he like me? Does he doesn't like me? Does she like me? Does he doesn't like me? Oh, actually, we're building up to this huge thing that just like nukes, you know, on on, at the end, at the very end of the book. And we realize that at this whole time, there's just something else that's been in play. One of my favorite things, I know I'm going to kind of jump back for this, but I just want to point out how early it was, was we were doing our recordings. And I want to say it was like the second or third episode that we did. Maybe maybe the fourth, you were like, did you notice it? And I went, what? He goes, you're like, an epigraph's already changed. And I went, what do you mean? It's just like the the epigraph's talking about how the hero is supposed to be short of stature. Didn't the epigraph say that Alindy was tall of stature? And I went, it's already happening. You're right. That early on in, yes. in, in the book. Yes. That I, the changes are, are being made. I tried to like make notes like whenever, whenever it come up. So the, the big changes that happened were um, the epigraph that he said... He was short of stature, but tall, but like overbearing, like tall or whatever. Like it was just, again, it was a clever, subtle change to where mm-hmm. if you didn't realize it, you'd be like, oh, I guess I just remembered that wrong, you know? And Or you just didn't even notice the change. Well, no, but that's the thing is that it was subtle enough that if you did notice it, like Sazed going, there's something wrong here, but you read it back and go, oh, I guess I maybe just remembered it incorrectly. And you check your copper mine and you're like, yeah, that matches. So I guess I'm the crazy one. Whatever this thing is, it's obviously watching and listening to everything because the the, the holy first witness is the church of the survivor. Mm-hmm. Their claim of what says it is. Right. And then it changed the announcer to be the holy first witness. And that's 
just so that Sazed would think that, oh, you is, know, Vin is the hero thing. of ages. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is, is this Miss Spirit. Like, we heard about it in the epigraphs in Final Empire. Yeah. Then the we see it, you know? Yeah. We see it, and it's like, it's killing Ellen. It's threatening Ellen. It's not threatening Ellen. It's leading Sazed. It's leading Vin. In the logbooks, it knifed one of one of these people. Right. It did. Um, and so then in the end, we find out that it was like trying to get Ven to do the right thing, but she just didn't the, because the right, she, the right thing's taking the power. But the thing is, is that what's what, and this is why I think Will of Ascension has like so much more appeal than what you, what many people expect. And this is, I, I, I'll admit, I didn't remember Will of Ascension fondly. I thought like the twist ending was like really, really neat in the way it set up Hero of Ages. And Hero of Ages mm-hmm. is again, my 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 hairs are standing up thinking about going over Hero of Ages again because the payoff for this mm-hmm. trilogy is one of the best payoffs in literature. I'm telling you. Yeah, it is. Um and Mistborn, like I think I I said it in our episode discussing our reading order list and everything, and I, I stand by it out of the entire Cosmere and arguably maybe like you said, arguably in just like fantasy literature in general that I've read, it is my favorite series, Mistborn. Like the the payoff for this trilogy is I've just never I've never seen it before. And so like the mysteries are dangled in front of us. I guess that's part of it is like Well of Ascension seems like it's like a stepping stone in many mm-hmm. ways because it dangles a lot of mysteries in front of you. But there's something to be said about the book itself. One of the themes of the book was learning to trust and being, and and not just the book, but a Mistborn, like as we understand it, was trusting yourself, trusting your friends, trusting to do what's right, right? And this whole, this book builds up, like you've just got to trust that you do what's right. You just got to have faith. You just got to do it, you know, or whatever. And then it just slaps you across the face and says, what an idiot. Yeah. You know, you she did it because she had faith in Ellen. Like she said, like, listen, she's like, I have to understand that, you know, he didn't make decisions for me and I need to do the same for him. He wouldn't want me to use this power just to save him and do the wrong thing. You know, he wouldn't do this, you know, and I need to have faith in him, not just my say myself, oh, this is what I want. The craziest part about this is I think back to uh, Brandon's discussion, and uh, I'm just going to put a warning out here. This may get cut. Uh, we'll decide after I say it, but I got to say it. Um, I think back to Brandon's lectures about how he talked about his inspiration for Mistborn, which is what I want to see what would happen in a world where the Dark Lord won. The funny thing about this that I'm thinking about, right, is like, what? Hey, if the the hero showed up, hey, you know, that's my ring. Thanks. I'm going to take yeah, it back yeah. and I'm going to take over the world. Uh, with the setup of the second book, it's funny. He's like, that's the downer of a book, so I don't think I would write that. He did it. Because well, we thought that we thought that the hero that had failed was the Lord Ruler or, or was a Lindy. Then we realize, oh, you know, Rashik get killed, and that makes sense and everything. But really, that thing where he's like, I'm not going to write that book that seems downer, I think he wrote it. I mean, because it, it is a downer Vin of a showed, book. Vin showed up. Vin was there. And then Vin failed. Yes. And now whatever's there is out and the thing is is when we ended final empire it was like oh man what are we gonna do now that the lord ruler is down and you were walking into this book you know thinking 
And it's kind of what we got was like, oh, man, the, and everything's not as, you know, rosy eyed as we thought. There's actually some problems to deal with here. But you had no idea. Like you had no idea what you were really walking into. Um, we got some like, you know, amazing, cool bits of world building. Like, OK, here's kind of what the Chondra are. Oh, here's this Coloss that we keep hearing about. Like they're out. They are as devastating and terrifying as we thought, as we realize the Empire is full of a bunch of people who are definitely going to kill a whole bunch of people to get, gain power and there's more to the the alamancy than we even knew like we just got introduced to duralamin mm-hmm. um and as far as we know like there's there's no reason to think that metals are just going to stop there yeah and just introducing duralamin like took things to a whole new level when it came to alamancy um and now we have this other metal that made elland into a mistborn and yeah <laughs> and it's just like oh yeah by the way ellen's a misborn now and moving on like like that's just like yeah dropped and ben uh-huh. even said now we can know where the other alamancers came from mm-hmm. but can we i mean maybe i mean that's po- that's probably true but i mean like it's just like everything gets turned on its head and it goes come back for book three to figure out you know how- yeah i think we kind of discussed this Mistborn is definitely a series where, you know, I've heard, you know, I've visited the Reddits, okay? I've seen some people saying, oh, I couldn't finish Mistborn. I couldn't do this with Mistborn, whatever. I don't know. Mistborn is definitely a finish the first book and be happy or you're in for the whole trilogy because I don't know how you can stop on two. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't. Because, I mean, the thing is, is that it one, it has a, such a great payoff in the end of like, Okay, like I feel pretty good about knowing like this makes a lot of sense. Um, I I I'll, I'll admit there's this thing that I have, and this is a this is my personal character flaw. I hate when we get to the character building parts of a story. Brandon does it great. I I like he builds it while also giving me the things I want because. What I desperately want is for you to tell me the secrets of this world. I want to know the secrets of the magic system. I want to see how strong it is or whatever. I don't, you know, the fluffy duffy stuff I don't really care for, you know, a lot of the times. Brandon does it really well. And he does it in a way that he gives me that while also building his characters that where I go real, I go, oh my gosh, you just gave me character building. And I didn't realize it. But I'll admit, Well of Ascension is kind of that because Mm -hmm. We've now built Ellen from the teenager, you know, starry-eyed guy who fell into being a king to a guy who lost all of that because of how he was too much of an idealist and now got it all back because he had to, you know, deal with the fact that he was being too much of an idealist and realizing the world isn't the way he thought it was, that he couldn't just think the same way. And it seems I remember initially when Ellen becoming a misborn was like it felt like a huge cop out to me. It was like here was a guy, you know, who had to learn um, how, you know, to deal with not being the super powerful person, you know, and now he gets all his power. But it almost like we set him up to be even better because he had to learn how to not be that super powerful person. Mm -hmm. And it was the same with Vin. She had to, most of the skills that she developed, yes, she is a very gifted Mistborn and all this other stuff, but her skills really came into being, you know, learning how to hide, learning how to navigate, you know, without being a powerful person, learning how to respect that power. 
not just being born with it or being set in with it. Kelsey are the same thing. I mean, he he yep. snapped late in life and he wasn't you know, he didn't have these from the, from the beginning. Zane's almost the opposite. Like he was snapped early on in life, you know, or relatively early on in life. And he has developed his identity around his power. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was his whole thing with Vin was he was saying, you know, we're just pawns. How can you be this way? You know, how could you really how could you, you know, just let this all happen? And that was, you know, that was his character. So Zane and Ellen are really opposites. Ellen yeah. had to develop, you know, without the power, but he had the prestige and all this other stuff. Zane's always had the power and he had to develop, you know, as a result of that. And so Ellen now has kind of morphed into that combination, you know, to where we had to see him go over an entire book from this guy who knew what to do, knew all the right things, just wanted to do that what's best for for everyone to I need to be the leader that actually can make change. And the only way I can do that is to, you know, accept the harsh realities of this world. I can forgive you, but my country cannot. My kingdom cannot, yep. you know, and that that was it. You know, you could not have seen Ellen from the end of Final Empire beheading his best friend. Yeah, no, and not at all. It is crazy. And one thing is we we talked a lot about it. I want to just go through the last couple of chapters, just ding on a little bit of things. Cause we get so excited with this. And, but one thing I want to mostly talk about here is that what is going on with Marsh Marsh is waiting to ambush Sazed and he's stop, trying to stop Sazed from reaching Vin, right? That's what's going on. And he can't even tell Sazed why. He keeps apologizing and saying, I don't know why you have to die. I don't know why you have to, but you have to. And Sazed even points out that right before he's about to be struck down and Ham saves him, that Marsh looked sad in having to kill him. And he, well, he says that he said, like, I never, I never expected that those spikes would take your soul. But like, say, Marsh has changed. I mean, as far as we can tell, because remember Marsh, the last we got of Marsh before he came back as an Inquisitor, I think was his interaction with Vin when he was teaching him mm -hmm. about bronze. Yep. And he just kind of talked about how, you know, I'm, you know, I wish that things weren't this way, that, you know, Kelsier is now all this power, and he was jealous of Kelsier. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Kelsier's always had this, but he's always been the brother that had to stick his foot in the ground and just say, you know, this is what's right, and I'm going to try to do it. Yep. And he got burned, you know, by by doing that, essentially. And he's, he said he's jealous, essentially jealous of Kelsier that, you know, Kelsier just came in and everyone just loved him and liked him. And now he's all ultra powerful and all this other stuff. But, you know, on all our interactions with Marsh, ever since he came back as an Inquisitor, maybe except for when we saw him in Final Empire, like he's been different. Like yeah, big time in final empire, he did the deceptive, you know, thing. And we got to see like, I've taken control of your, you know, whatever. But ever since we've seen him, he's just been kind of it's almost like going into a uh, a fog. Like mm -hmm. he's talking to Sazed, but it's almost like his voice has changed. He's gruff. Yeah. And he's and he's almost like he's just kind of he, he's acting like kind of like a drone. Like he's like, I'm here. I'm not sure why my brothers, my brethren have taken everything 
And then he just disappears without ever saying anything again. And remember, many, many chapters ago, I'm going to say at least a couple weeks ago, we had they spotted a Steel Inquisitor in the city. And that was it. Like, we never Mm -hmm. heard about it again. And now we know it's Marsh. Yeah. Another big thing here, too, is that's scary, is right before when he fails to grab Marsh's uh, spike and he turned it on and, like, basically breaks Sazed's arm, he looks and says, no, Sazed. Like, you're not a warrior. You spent the last two years studying. I've spent the last two years killing everyone. Right. And so he's been going off doing stuff that we haven't even seen. And, and I kind of want to know, did he have anything to do with what happened in Terrace? Because we know that's apparently where these still Inquisitors have been. Well, it's true. Those those refugees came all the way from Terrace. So who knows how long they've been traveling? Probably upwards of weeks. Um, Months, maybe even, you know. Um, and so and they just kind of ran into them. So and there's been no talk of like whatever happened up north in Terrace, um, except for these refugees. So he could have been involved with that. Um I'm going to I'm going to speculate that probably not. Um I'm going to cuz he's been alone this whole time and all, before it was with dozens of other inquisitors yeah. and he's been talking about basically trying to find things that they left behind so he kind of seems like he's on his own thing. Um but yeah, I this with well of ascension it, it I admit like even now I would say that it does have its own like narrative stuff. Like it has yeah. its own story to tell and there in his stories that had to be told because this is knowing what happens, you know, with, 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 with uh hero of ages, like hero of ages is huge and so many much goes on. Yeah. And I feel like it would not have the impact it did without telling the story of what happened with well of Ascension first. Um, the characters that we have at the end of Well of Ascension across the board are completely different characters than what we had at the end of Final Empire. Yeah, and if there's any thoughts, like you mentioned before, if there are any thoughts where you went, man, this was really a slow burn, which it was. It was. Man, I didn't like the love triangle. I didn't like, you know, I'm naming some things I've just read about. I didn't like the love triangle. I didn't like... How all it all it felt super duper politicky, you know. I didn't like all these things because that's not how the first book felt. We can promise you this, and I did this for you. I can promise you. Matt can promise you. We can promise you that they all matter, and that everything's going to be paid off in the in the Hero of Ages. So please come back and join us as we finish this epic trilogy in the upcoming weeks. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.